She loves Chanel CC, designer belt GG, house full of models GG. How many bottles plenty? How many hating many? Run it up, 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 run up a check. Chillin' with hoes, I'm smashing a friend and I'm smashing the next. She said she love it, I do it the best. What up, you guys? Welcome back to A Little Kiss Me Film. Today I have my co-host with me. Hope y'all enjoy your majesty, aka JC. What's going on? And we have a full room today, you guys. So I'm going to let everyone go around and introduce themselves. Feel free to plug any business that you have, your social media, whatever you want to plug at the time. Hi, everybody. I'm Michelle. I'll go next. Hi, everyone. I'm Michelle. Alexandra. <laughs> Alexandra. And then. What? <laughs> what up? <laughs> yeah, a little freeze. What up? This is B Nix, B N I X, Nix Works Fitness, Mr. Mission Six Pack No Flex in the building. Hey. So, did y'all have an Instagram account or anything that you want to plug? My Instagram is Nix Works, N I X W O R K S underscore fitness. My Instagram is a Okoli, O-K-O-L-I-E, legal. And um, this is Michelle. Mine is M-E-S-H-E-L-L-E underscore 1908. Got the AKAs in the building. You got a Delta in the building, too. Okay. I'm a signal. Oh, and this, we got a whole. So we got some of the divine nine, a little bit of. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Hello. Okay. So y'all know how we get down with the. Why is it echoing? Why is it echoing? I think mean, it's on your. Try to. It might be on mine because I got I got to hook up to my car. Right, let me turn it down. Okay. Is that better? Yep. Perfect. Okay, so y'all, we get the, uh, today's sex position of the day is the hound. So, I'm sure we're all familiar with doggy style. So, it's a doggy style routine, but she, the woman holds her body weight on her forearms while the man penetrates her from behind. So, this is what it looks like. Okay. I'm sure, I'm sure Googling that one. <laughs> Interesting. Like I don't know the whole putting the weight on your forearms. Like what? I don't know if that makes her booty higher or something. It's not like a workout in the workout to me. Right. That's what I was like. Okay. like a workout. Okay. Well, y'all let us know if y'all try that thing on out, and we are going to jump into the icebreaker game. So basically, the icebreaker games help to make everybody a little more relaxed and you know a little fun too at the same time. So, with this being like a podcast about like relationships, dating, sex, being single, all of that, it may get a little X-rated. So, don't get too. It's raunchy time. <laughs> the first one we have is: Have you ever masturbated in a public place, and if so, where? Mm. Mm. Who wants to start? So, honestly, I guess I'll start it because. Um, I do have a story it wasn't in a public place but 
I've masturbated in the car while on my way back to school. It was my senior year of college and I was, uh, I had transferred to USF and I was driving from home, which is West Palm Beach, Florida to Tampa. And it's about a three hour drive. And I decided to, uh, <laughs> I had one of my toys with me cause I travel with toys. And I decided to um, have some fun along the drive. So with a toy in the car, that's new one, yes. <laughs> well, it wasn't in my car, it was in my travel belongings. So okay. I was leaving. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Next. What y'all got? I'll go. Um, I was actually does it count if um you were accompanied with somebody? Because it was at work. And um me and her were in the car, like we were transporting youth, but they were in a building. So we were like in the parking lot waiting on the youth. <laughs> uh, we were dropping them off because we were, <laughs> we were dropping the kids off. And then like, we were kind of just waiting in the car for them to come out from their appointment. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We were both kind of like fondling each other. So wait, this wasn't on uh, this kids' <laughs> Yeah, we didn't actually have inter we didn't no, we didn't actually have intercourse, but we were just fondling each other kind of but we both kinda of came off of masturbation. Oh, um, you were working on yourself and, yeah, and she was working on herself? Kinda and then but I finished myself and she finished herself. Okay. A little oral there too. It was a little oral in there too. That's not masturbation. <laughs> Not masturbation. Even if you jack, even if you jack it till it's till you finish. Mm. Like if I have to finish, that's masturbation. Mm. No, if I have to finish, that's masturbation. Partial of both. I mean, I got. I was you know, wrong Partial. with that one. <laughs> yeah, that's public. That's about as public as it got. Okay. Mm. What you got, Michelle? Um, nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> I knew she was gonna say that. <laughs> no, not for me. <laughs> I've done the car before too, like on the highway. Mm -hmm. Exciting. Oh, driving? Yeah. <laughs> Got a little horny in the car, and yeah, that's that's exactly. <laughs> was a long drive. It was a long drive. Was it a long drive? Yeah. All the way back from school. Man. The drive a little more interesting. It does. Mm -hmm. I've done it in the car as well while I was driving on the highway. I think I kind of wanted to get caught. But yeah, I was like, like a sneaky type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Cars driving by and shit. And when them big ass trucks come, though, they can see you. They can <laughs> okay. Cute. Okay. Yeah. When nature calls, you better answer it. <laughs> <laughs> um, who in the room do you think is the best in bed and why? Hmm. Who is the best at doing what? In the bedroom and why? Who would you guess is the best in bed? I'm going to have to go with Alex. Alice got some thanks. <laughs> um, I just, I just, Alice gives like, Alice just gives off like she knows what she's doing and like she would definitely take charge. And if she doesn't like something, she's gonna let you know and make you do it the right way. Mm. 
Well said. That's her. Well said. That is me. That is very much me. I love it. I don't know anyone else. I know Tiara. Um, I know myself. So I'd say you're Tiara. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> okay, let's see. I, I'd say money bags. I'd say <laughs> Only because she talk a lot of shit on Instagram. She sure does. A lot of I'll be like, I'll be like she, if she, as much as she talk on Instagram, she better have that five. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> I'll be horny in my thirties. I don't know about y'all. Um. <laughs> okay. What kind? Let's see. What kind of things would you like your lover or partner to say to you during play? What do y'all like? Nothing. You don't like nothing? You like quiet? Yes. Oh my God. Body language. Quiet? Right. Body language. That's Body awkward. Language All that talking be. No, not talking, talking to too much, but you know, like, you know, little phrases like. Yeah. Like, you gotta let me know good. I'm like, shit. Like, Same Monday. Yeah. Same Monday. Shit. Moaning. Yeah. You feel good. You take yeah, taking that dick, baby. Like when you're fucking a shit. Like up. encourage it. <laughs> it can be too much at times. Just you know, <laughs> you know, it can be a lot too much sometimes. Like all the moan, shit, shit, shit. Okay, go ahead, go ahead and do what you need to do. <laughs> See, so that's the thing. Like if you're talking during it and the shit ain't even good, but you like yeah. yourself up, that's a difference. But like I right. like a little, I like some talking, moaning. Yeah. This shit good as fuck. Like come yes, on. Yes, like that. Yep. In that intense moaning, like in the ear. Yes, mm-hmm. like soft. Not even the loud moaning, but like the south moaning, like in your ears. I think. Not the hard one. <laughs> Not like a full conversation. See, I aim to please, so I want to know that you're enjoying. Yes. My effort and the activity and so forth. That turns me on even more. So I need to know. I agree. Exactly. So get that feedback. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Joe, you was, you, Joe, you was right. She might be the best. Uh-huh. <laughs> she might be the one. <laughs> she, she might be. She talking that shit. Talk right. that talk. Yes. Like, I feel like, like she going to correct you. But she going to correct you and make you do it the right way. Man, she the one got a whole closet. Oh, the, like, damn, where did this come from? Damn. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's how <laughs> it should be. Hello? Okay, and so. All day. Uh, huh? Okay, so we're going to get into today's topic, which is on colorism. So this is going to be a deep topic for you guys. Um, I have a great room in here for guests for the subject, and... Yeah, it's about to get quite interesting. I'm excited. So, we're going to kick it off. I'm going to let my co-host, Your Majesty, start off with what colorism is. All right, all right. Wait, let me pull up that email. Give me one quick second. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> and you guys, we are still Zooming. We're virtual podcast recording due to COVID. You know, some people still are quarantining, and then it's also convenient 
um, two people that are on here today are from a different state. So it works. <laughs> but yeah, so work with us basically. Um, Y'all know how we get down. Y'all know. All right. So <clears throat> there it is. All right. So when I, because I really wanted to kind of like find the definition um, as far as like what I saw on the internet a lot in regards to colorism. And what I got back was a practice of discrimination by which those with lighter skin are treated more favorably than those with darker skin. Um, this practice is a product of racism in the United States in that it upholds the white standards of beauty and benefits white people in the institution of oppression. So, um, I mean, with all that being said, I kind of just grabs that, you know, of course there's always racism with white versus black, but then I feel like sometimes within our own community, we kind of yeah. look at light skin as being more favorable. Um, and of course, like, you can even go back to slavery days, like where light-skinned people were actually like in-house slaves and mm -hmm. dark people were out picking the cotton. So I feel like like there's always like it's always made a divide for our people. And it's of course like now broadcasted and you see it like over media and music videos and everywhere else. So exactly. That's kind of like what I grasp from it. Yep. So with that being said, we're going to kick it off. Um, and I really want us to go around the room and basically talk about how colorism has affected you. And um, is it all about preferences, do you think, like within our own community? So whoever wants to kick that off. Um, treated differently, I feel like, you know, Growing up at 10, 10, 11 years old, when people started joning at school and you'd be like, little black ass boy, oh man, you black as hell, you know what mm. I'm saying? Like you, like it didn't get really popular to be dark, a dark skinned male until probably like I was like 25, 26 when old chocolate is back in, wow. you know what I'm saying? Or not, and then like for the most part, you didn't really see that many dark skinned men other than, you know, Ricky off of Boys in the Hood and you know, Morris Chestnut back in the day, but everybody else was kind of light-skinned. Uh, and light-skinned was Shamal Moore. All of them was just the it guys. Mm. But over time, over time, as we got older, you started seeing Tyrese out there. You started seeing, you know, a lot of different other dark-skinned guys getting getting the spotlight. Mm. Um, but, like, back in the 90s, when I was, you know, growing up, it was the light-skinned guys, you know. Slater on Saved by the Bell was the hot guy. You know, that, that type of stuff. So it's like, you know, yeah, it didn't get popular till we till about like ten years ago. You know, dark skin is in type stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it got treated. You got treated differently. I right. think that um, colorism is a societal ill felt in many places all over the world, but it's definitely perpetuated in the United States, and it's ingrained from as it was stated um, from back in slavery days when you know the lights, the lighter slaves were the house slaves. And then also in the mulatto culture, mulattoes are generally what was termed mixed race. You know, the black slaves who conceived for their white masters. So lighter skinned people generationally have been treated better um, than dark skinned people. And it's continued and perpetuated in pop culture and society. And I think 
some people may have a preference for skin tones, but I also think that the foundation it comes from is the fact that lighter is better. Yeah. And I also believe that while, you know, the slave trade started from Europe, they have looked past it in regards to the different shades that Black people come in. In Europe, they look for their supermodels straight out of Africa. The darker, the better. Whereas in the United States, we're still so hung up on the lighter, the better. The looser the hair curl and the hair pattern, the better that type of hair. The good hair term came from the United States and it was Black people that developed that term. So if your hair is extra kinky, that's bad hair. And if your hair, your natural hair curl pattern is a looser curl, more towards white, then it's a good hair. But there are all different types of hair patterns in Africa because there are so many different cultures and so many different types of blackness, you know? And I think it's very detrimental to our race because it shows a lack of acceptance and so forth. And it hurts us, you know? Yeah. It hurts us so much. And yes, in recent, um, recent, in the last couple of years, the, the movement, when it has become stronger, we had the movement in the 70s with the Black Panthers embracing Blackness, and then light skin came back in. <laughs> and then we had the movement now in which the natural hair um, movement and Black women and the whole melanin pop-in thing. So I think we're getting better, but I still think that pop culture um, is hurting it mm. a lot more. Agreed. Michelle? Well, I feel like I'm the only light skinned person on here that can talk about my experience <laughs> because <While> we're here. <laughs> but I think with my experience, I grew up in Mississippi, so um and my grandparents definitely instilled that in me that it doesn't matter what skin tone you are, you are still black and people are still gonna treat you the same. So it wasn't like I mean, I may have experienced some, I guess, uh, privilege being light-skinned, but that's something that I probably wouldn't even know of because it's not like I just say, hey, just because you're light-skinned, you're pretty or you're cute or whatever. If you're pretty, you're pretty, and I'll tell you that. So it wasn't like something that I grew up in that was instilled in me, oh, you're light, so that you're better. No, you're Black, and you will always be Black. So nobody gets treated, you know, differently just because of their skin tone. And my grandparents made sure that that was something that they instilled in me every day. I'm from Mississippi, deep South, so it didn't really matter. And so my heart is kind of pounding right now is just because it, it's a little hard to talk about because when I, I have friends, from all, I mean, they're black, but they're all different shades. And so we always talk about this as far as like when we go out, you know, everybody somewhat gravitates towards the lighter skinned girls, but that's not my issue. But however, that is based on their experiences. Mm -hmm. So I've been kind of going back and forth on it because it's just like, you know, a lot of, I've gotten a lot of hate from other women that have been darker tone, but that's not, that, that, that has nothing to do with me. And so I always make it a point to, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. 
but also I can't tell you what your experience has been because that has not been my experience. So it's not like I don't want to downplay what you say as far as well, like it's treated better because I would know because I'm light skinned, I'm smart, I'm pretty, I'm all of that. So it's not like I'm not checking off boxes or anything like that. So I think for me, it's sickening because I've also heard, well, you're with the darker tone guy. He's just with you because you're light skinned. No, sis, that, that's not totally it. I bring a lot more to the table than just being light skinned. And so I think with me, that's my whole issue. I can't talk about your experiences because that's not my experience. But what I want to do is be a listening ear and be able to understand um, where you're coming from and hopefully we can all come together and try to figure out how we can assist in not having this within our own community the color the divide because like you said that is what has divided us since the beginning yep. and so that's something that's generational type stuff like nappy head mm -hmm. you know your light skin you're better all those different terms came from black people but it was instilled in them by white people our oppressors. Willie Lynch, 1712. Yes, yes. So that, that's generational. That's going to take a, a, you know, it, it, it starts with you. And yep. that's what I always say. It starts with you. I don't care. My grandparents already told me, look, don't bring no one now. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just like, you have to be focused. Like, I love my people. All colors. We're so beautiful. We have, like, how many different shades of it? Black people. Like, so many. Everybody in here different yeah. shades. Right. So, and it's so sad how ingrained in our society and our culture it is, you know, and it, I love to hear people talk like that and to embrace all complexions because black is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. It is so beautiful. And I want our people to realize that and to embrace it. But I have had my experiences. I'm from ignorant ass Florida. And the black people in Florida, sorry to the black Floridians who are listening, <laughs> are ignorant, mm -hmm. you know, and colorism is so big. I'm also Haitian, you know, mm -hmm. and in Haiti and the Caribbean, colorism is huge. The lighter you are, the more attractive you are, and the more money you have, because those are the people who are given the opportunities, you know, mm -hmm. and it's really, really sad. My family. My dad is Nigerian, so I'm that fiery mix of Haitian, Caribbean, and then Nigerian. So of my dad is dark-skinned, and one of my siblings is dark-skinned, but she is gorgeous. She looks the, she's the one that looks like my mom the most. But I know growing up, she was always insecure, you know, because the rest of us were lighter than her, you know? And I could feel it, and I could sense how she was treated differently. In Florida, the light-skinned girls are all about, I'm red bone and cute type situation. And because of the fact that they're light-skinned, they're the prettier ones. But it was perpetuated by the guys and the high guys in high school that we went to who preferred light-skinned girls, you know? And so it's so sad. And while we're trying to move past that, I wish the media would. I wish our music would as well, you know? And we have our Masegos, and our Raheem Devons who glor, and oh my gosh, Lucky Days who glorify the blackness of women and all the different shades they come in. But I just wish that, you know, it was picked up more by the rest of our people. I think 
it is one of our most damaging attributes as a culture. And it's I feel, sad. I, I definitely, oh, go ahead, Joe. No, I was just gonna say, like, I completely agree. Um, I remember, like, even just, like, talking about it, it just takes me back to the movie School Days. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, where, like, they had the girls with the pretty hair, light skin, and then the other girls called Bubba Boot. Yep. Right. But it was just, but it just made such a big divide. And I think, like, of course, I don't know. I just, I, I wish we would just do better because um, I feel like we can end it. Like, I feel like we have to end it. Yeah. Um, and then we have to just accept everyone. And it's just, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because, like, you, you miss out on opportunities to meet some amazing people. And, like, Michelle was saying, like, she just gets a lot of hate just because, you know, she's light-skinned because other girls who have experienced, you know what I'm saying, being treated differently, then it makes them look at light-skinned girls completely different. Like, my mom, she always talks about how, even back in her day, um, how her, her own uncle wouldn't let her older sister get in the car with him because she was dark-skinned. He made her ride a bus. Uh-uh. She he was like 16. He made her ride a bus and took my mom and my um her her younger sister home, but would not let her ride with him. Oh my gosh! Like it that's was so horrible. Wow. That's, yeah, that's, that's traumatic. That's a traumatic type. Yeah, that's the tra- that's the trauma on that. You're going to have this like I hate, and it it goes back to like okay, we're black. We have black, white, da 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 da. Then sometimes I have to think. Just like sometimes white people are ignorant. Some of them don't really know what privilege they have. Mm-hmm. So I guess it kind of like a teachable moment, like for me. Okay, because I was like super, super upset because it's like sometimes I feel black people don't consider light skinned people being black. Like we're still black at the end of the day. We're just lighter toned. So you can't say we haven't experienced racism because we have. Maybe just not in the capacity that you have within the the community or wherever you are. And so it's not like, oh, I'm woe is me, but I just want to understand exactly, okay, like from your experience, you your sister was darker tone, so you know you knew that she had that experience at school. She got bullied. So she may have trauma associated with that. My trauma necessarily is from white people. So it's different, you know? So I think we all just like, we need to all come together, like, and just in this nappy hair, good hair, like light skin, dark skin, baby, you are beautiful. If if y'all, um, if y'all, have y'all read the Willie Lynch letters? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, for the most part, he said, he says, or makes reference about three, 400 years having people controlled mentally. Mm -hmm. Um, now, with that being said, it's it's a lot of things that's being played out just based off of light skin versus dark skin, old versus young. You know what I'm saying? So, so with that being said, it's like I heard the word mental ill. It's a, it's truly a mental ill. And then if you ever worked in the um the field of you know mental patients and things like that, like once you recognize the problem, once you recognize the problem, then you could kind of work on the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, since it's a mental illness, it's just like, okay, now we had we addressed it. Now it's like, okay, 
And so why is this a problem? Why is this, you know, light-skinned person feel like that they're better? Or why does this dark-skinned person even feel like they're better? You know what I'm saying? Versus why aren't we all the same? Or why are we all equal? So, I mean, once we address it and kind of get to the point, or to the root of it, and realize who put this in our head, mm. it's like, all right, now it's us against them or just us against us now because we, you know what I'm saying, we don't even have to have that that competition in in our community. Mm -hmm. Did you all catch um, Oprah's special on OWN, um, Dark Like Me, when Mm -hmm. she did that series and then she did the Light Like Me version? And, you know, I cried in both versions of it, but I also heard so much pushback and it goes back again, people comparing their experiences and, oh, mine is worse because I was dark skinned and but the, I mean, I don't agree with the panelists she had, like Amber Rose. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that she was a good person to speak on behalf of light-skinned people. Um, but I don't, I still don't understand what she is and um, right, I didn't know what she Amber identifies with. But um, I, I think I she, she <laughs> I thought she was white too, but she's Cape Verdean. So I don't know. Anyways, um, People were taught, were still criticizing the light-skinned impact. And I'm like, that's not fair because I feel like, you know, dark-skinned people or people who are of a darker tone have their um, trauma as a, in regards to their skin tone. And I think light-skinned people do. And I think light-skinned people feel like they have to overcompensate and prove their Blackness more, mm-hmm. which is why a lot of our civil rights activists are... Uh, bright skin you know and um it was i didn't think it was fair for people to criticize them and laugh at their experiences because everyone's experience is unique to them and it's very subjective and all of it stems back from our horror and our trauma of being enslaved and being oppressed you know it's it's a societal ill you know and it's also in the indian community harshly because darker Indians are tortured. They're considered so ugly and dirt poor. You know, I remember when my mom, my mom telling us that when she met my dad, um, my, and her sibling makeup, one of them is dark skin, like my sister also, and everyone else is lighter skin. And my aunt told my mom that when she was marrying him, that her kids are going to be dark and ugly because of how dark my dad is. Oh gosh. <laughs> wow. And that amazes me within our own. It's within us. That's where it's gonna yeah. start too for change. So yeah. we're still hating on each other based off of our yeah. com- you know, our complexion. Yeah. And putting each other against each other. Cause I mean, even like with the uh rap society now, you have mm-hmm. all these light skinned girl rappers with big yeah. fake booties you know, out here, and they're popular more so than the cash doll, than the, uh... Yeah, City Girls. Yeah, and this is... Remy. Are the City Girls light or dark skin? Because I, I, I don't have an image of the City Girls in my head. They're darker skinned. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's like you... I've listened to their music, but I wouldn't be able to point a picture out of, of who they are. <laughs> I couldn't either. I mean, I'm familiar with them. That's Miami, but, um... Yeah, they're darker skin. But that also makes me, because I, I, I know so many, so many people that because of how dark they are, they say that they have to be with a lighter skinned man to even out their child's complexion. 
because they don't want their child or their daughters to go. But it's so horrible that it's women who focus more on their complexion than men do. And I know the whole light-skinned men were in in the 80s and maybe in the 90s and now dark-skinned men, oh, I want a chocolate brother is all in now. But... I don't agree because black black guys okay so hypothetically if i if i post a picture and my eyes are kind of squinted oh man you acting light skin or, or or if, or if i if i just you know you know just do something where if i do something where i'm dressed up nice and i got and i look nice they are, uh you you looking light skin today you know what i'm saying it's like Damn, bro. Nah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. so so if if we we hitting each other from both ways in different oh, yeah. in different in different type of ways. It might come out now because it's desensitized over these years. It might come out as jokes, but at the end of the day, it's still something that you kind of hating on. You kind of you know putting that negative tone up under undertone on it. So it's like we, I mean, for the most part, I, I, I and the crazy thing is I have a light skinned frat brother that every time me and him get together, we go on the back and forth about light skin, dark skin, in joking manner. Uh -huh. But, but I mean, it, it's some trauma behind it. Cause I was the little black ass kid growing up. Like, you, know, you black as hell. You know what I'm saying? All I can see is your eyes. All I can see is your teeth when you come. Oh, you know, that type, that type of hit. And he was like, well, damn, what's wrong with that? You, know you don't see a problem with that. No, I, okay. So my history: I was born in Anchorage, Alaska, and mm. I didn't get I didn't get around black people until I was in sixth grade. Like it was just me and my brothers that was the only black kids in our school. Mm. Um, I was always in the class with number white girls and in uh, Inuits, like the Eskimos, but pe people in South Carolina. So I didn't really just know black culture until I got to Tennessee. Mm. I didn't know none of that. You know what I'm saying? So me growing up watching different world a fresh prince or whatever like of course i'm looking at the light-skinned girls because that's all i see or white girls and that's all i see mm. my first the first girlfriend that i i just was head over here she was white well she was greek she was from greece or something her family was from greece but at the end of the day it's like that's all i know you know right. what i'm saying that's all i knew until until you get to the south and you'd be like damn man she's pretty she yeah i like her she cool as hell but you know, that's the little black ass girl that nobody just, you know, wow. nobody else is saying, damn, she pretty. So mm -hmm. it's just like over time, I just kind of developed a, like, damn, if she pretty or she look good or she got a good vibe, you know, it's cool. But I didn't get into dark skinned people until I got to the South. People mm -hmm. as in general, you know what I'm saying? My, I was the only dark skin, you know, so. I grew up around white people big mm -hmm. time. Um, so I didn't see like the whole light skin, dark skin type of thing. Um, I was always the only black girl in my class. I grew up in, in Miami and then we moved to um, Palm Beach. So I also started off in Christian private schools. So at that time I was going to, I was in Miami. So I was majority of my classmates. I remember when I was in second grade. So my, I were all Cuban. But once I did get to public school, I experienced racism from the white people in our neighborhood and from the black kids that I was exposed to. You know, they called us Oreos because of the way we spoke. And I mm -hmm. felt I was like, um, I'm blacker than you because my dad is Nigerian and my mom is Haitian. So how are you going to call me an Oreo? Mm -hmm. You're insulting your own race if you're saying that black people can't speak with education, you know? 
But it was so hard at that point. And I don't want to digress the conversation from colorism to, because um, that wasn't like a colorism issue, but it was, um, I don't know what I would call it, I guess. Because I think I, I think you're on uh, still on subject. I think that's think, good. Yeah, I, it was it was um, so the racism I experienced was from you know the black kids because they called me African booty scratcher and I'm Haitian and I eat cat and then the white kids would tell me I was in the oven too long and I need to get oh. some bleach. Oh my gosh, so much. I, I was in the oven too long too. Yeah, and my mom. So I think that my sisters and my siblings and I because I'm the oldest of four, grew up the way that we did because of the strength of our mother. And she told us how to clap back <laughs> and what to say to the, back to them. And she always embraced, told us to embrace our culture, our history, and it always goes back to the household as well. Don't let TV raise your kids. Don't let the media have too much of an influence on your children. As they get older, they're gonna develop their own mindsets you know, and their own perspectives and how they look at life. And so sometimes they may still be influenced, but I definitely attribute it to my mom who always told us that we were black and we were beautiful. And then she made us feel a little bit more stuck up and say that we're better than them. So I think yeah. that helped too. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. Like I think sometimes you have to like encourage your kids and yeah, give always the strength of what they need because you already know how harsh the world is going to be mm -hmm. anyway. And I think that um, I think that sometimes, like especially with colorism, I think they think that of course the lighter skinned girls and guys are more exotic and like they're mixed or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I was gonna ask Michelle, like, how many times have like you been asked, like, what's your what's your ethnicity, or if you're mixed or anything like that? Um, quite frankly, every time I go somewhere, which is annoying, because it's like, dang, I'm black. No, you're not black. You're absolutely mixed with something. Like, what are you mixed with? Um, I'm black, sir. I'm black. I'm black. It's like, I'm it's, black. It's know. a little annoying, but like I, yeah, and and. Like, I am as black as they come when it comes to civil rights and all of that. And like you said, it's like, damn, I have to really prove that I'm black. Yeah. Every single time I am black. Like, black is beautiful. We have so many different shades and just everything. And I think when I grew up, as far as with Mississippi, I definitely experienced, you know, the hate on both sides. White people, okay. You're light, but you're not white, you know. And then, as far as black people um, that were darker than me, oh, you just think you just so cute. You got long, you you have long hair. Like that's not weave. Like trying to cut my hair, like things like that. So that's traumatic in itself as well. But if I show them a picture of my grandparents on both sides, or if I show them a, a picture of my parents, they're like, oh, for real, you're black. Why do I have to tell you yeah. show you a picture of my descendants that I'm black? That shouldn't, yeah. that shouldn't mean anything. What, exactly. and, I, and I think it's just so annoying because it's like, we need to get it. Like, how long is it going to take for us to get this big part of the Willie Lynch letter? Every, I, I suggest, Everybody that is black, read that letter. If you mm -hmm. read that letter, that will explain to you and it will break it down how one man trapped us. 
cons consultant basically to come to the United States, tell the slave owners how to control black people, and it worked. It literally it worked. It worked. How many years are we going through this? It's like every single thing that he told them to do, they did, and it is still working to this day. Yeah. Trapped us, trapped the mind. You trapped Period. the mind, you trapped the head, you trapped the yeah, whole body. Everything. We have got, please, I'm telling you, ed, when you educate yourself and you go back and you look at all, all these different things as far as yeah. what, and it's not necessarily all the white men because we also have to hold ourselves accountable. Yeah. There's no reason why I should be calling my little daughter nappy head. Right. Has, exactly. No reason. For that. Exactly. That's why I say it starts at home, but we are such a detriment to ourselves mm -hmm. in everything in regards to education, in regards to colorism, everything. We are a detriment to ourselves. And even if you hold up a mirror, if one black person holds up a mirror because that person is acknowledging our faults and our errors everyone's like oh you're not black you're attacking the black people you want to side with the what no i'm holding up a mirror for us to acknowledge what we're doing to ourselves and how we are hurting ourselves and how we need to get past that and every time it always comes down to self-acknowledgement but people are stubborn so are stubborn i think i think it's self-acknowledgement and a little bit of programming i think i think it's the programming that that you see this, uh, this, this, you know, the pretty girl on TV is that, it, and yeah, it's just not fair to to each other that we're doing that to each other. I feel like at some point, like we have to take, we have to take control of that situation. Like, uh, if a situation happened to you when you was younger, like you can either overcome it, like you know, heal from it, and then overcome it and and do something different about it. Or you can just allow it just to like consume you completely. So yeah. it kind of goes back to kind of like what B Nix was saying a little bit earlier, and it was like our next question. So do y'all think colorism is more like a self-hatred, um, some sort of like mental illness, or do you think it stems directly from like white people racism? Yeah, it's a combination. All three. All of it. All three. Um because yeah. you can't get rid of one without having the other. Right. Right. But, generational and all of that all into one. I think it's I think it's that that um it's kind of human nature to want what you can't have type type ordeal. Mm. Okay, so like if I'm in the field, I'm out there in the field getting black, you know what I'm saying, and I see the light skinned girl on the porch and I'm not even supposed to go up to the porch. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I want what I can't have. You know what I'm saying? That's how, oh, you so attracted to this light skinned girl. Because I, you told me I can't have that person on, or that person's better than me. Or even the girl that's the opposite direction. She's the light-skinned girl. She sees that boy out in the field and she ain't supposed to go out into the field. You know what I'm saying? Oh, why not? You know what I'm saying? I want what I can't have type of, type of ordeal. It's that mental thing that they that they put up to you. You just always feel like, you know what I'm saying, this is like that forbidden fruit type shit. And it even goes into just not so much just white people. I mean, black black on black people, light skin versus black, but it goes into the interracial relationships. Mm. Oh, you ain't supposed to mess with that white girl. You better not bring no white girl around. Mm. Why not? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? That I want what I can't have type of thing. I think that's what, one of those mental ills that is kind of just, just slaps you in the face. Well, I'm I mean, not going to lie to you. My grandparents told me the same thing. Do not bring 
um, white men home, and that was nothing that I was attracted to. So, at the end of the day, I think it all stems from what you, some, you know, mm -hmm. I have always been attracted to black men, period, more so a little chocolate, but that's just because. Now I'm to ask you about this. So why so more so a little chocolate? Is that just a preference thing amongst us, you guys, or do you feel like it's a preference? Uh, you know, typically girls, what they see, mm -hmm. you know, I saw my grandfather, you know, just a strong black okay. man. Okay. He happens to be chocolate, so that's what I was attracted to. I mean, my, you know, he took care. <laughs> He showed me what it meant to be power and blackness. So of course, that's what some that's what I was attracted to. Not necessarily, it just wasn't a light first dark skin thing. I've dated light skin guys, but mm -hmm. yeah. attracted to chocolate guys. So Same. I think it sometimes it deals with preference, mm -hmm. but I also think as far as my issue comes down to like, okay, you have a white woman and we used to be Black people used to be chastised because of their big lips, you know, hips, their big booties, their nice asses, their thighs. And now white women are going out here doing the same. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's glorified. Oh, it's beautiful. Kim Kardashian has boxer braids. Right. <laughs> it's just to me. Like, I hate how they term those braids Kardashian braids. Oh, you have your hair in right. Kardashian. I'm like, no, no. And my hair is just braids. Like, you know, the two pigtail uh, French braids? Yeah. They call them Kardashian braids. And one time, um, I'm an attorney and I work for, uh, I was working for a law firm. Again, I was the only black attorney in the firm. And I literally, in the morning, everybody would ask me, oh, can you give me Kardashian braids before the office opens? Are and it became a thing. I'd be braiding little French braid pigtails into all the white and Latin girls who wanted Kardashian braids. But they're not Kardashian braids. The Kardashians didn't even invent it. I definitely corrected them. <laughs> but did did you actually braid their hair? Yeah, I did it because just because. But I braided their hair. <laughs> I'm glad you corrected. But did you do you have you guys noticed like with the programming and it's still instilled and we allow ourselves to be programmed because look at the black shows in the '90s. Yes. The black shows in the 90s were uplifted black people. You didn't see colorism. A lot of them were a nice blended mix of complexions. Majority, you know, darker toned complexions like Family Matters, um, In the House, The Cosby Show, all of that, you know, and we had careers, strong black familial units. And then as we progress, we digress. You know, and it's now black people and um, reality shows and, you know, light skin this and light skin that. And I don't see the same makeup of actors and actresses in black shows now as they were back in the 90s. And I just think that that's the biggest anomaly to me. And I don't know why we've digressed in that regard. And that's too, because at that time, black people were feeling uplifted and empowered and we can go to college and we can be doctors and lawyers mm -hmm. and so now they have to tone it down and put us out there like we're not capable of it you know to perpetuate that inner um conflict in regards to our complexions and our capabilities but that's how i've seen it two that's shows why that we're programming that's the key word two two shows that came to mind with that was martin 
which he was yeah. dark, and was Gina was light. Mm-hmm. And then even with Fresh Prince, Phil was a lighter complexion, but Vivian, the first Vivian, was dark, and then they came came back. I was just about to say that. And they came back. <laughs> they came back with a light skin Vivian. Wow. Light skin. It, Whitley was the light skin. Dwayne Wade, yeah. Dwayne Wayne was the dark skin. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. programming. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think it's as I, I was. Cause I, I swear to y'all, I was about to say the same as I think. I was about to say. It seemed like when the show started to build up their popularity and it started to get noticed more and people started to watch it more. Cause even Aunt Val, like they like how they just switched that up so quick. I was like, damn, what, what like it just it just changed so quickly. And I it's it's horrible because I, I be I'm I don't know. Sometimes I be feeling like okay, so let me ask y'all this. So do y'all believe that the media plays into the stereotype? Yes. Oh, big time. Big time. Instagram, everybody is every day, Mm 24-7. It's a trip. Black men go after the different nationality women, praising Mm -hmm. them, and now it's light skin versus the dark skin. I prefer Mm -hmm. girls with the big booty or white men with the fake big booty or whatever. Like, it's it's ridiculous at this point. I feel like it has a lot to do with that rappers the you know anybody in that celebrity life and praising that over brown skin or dark skin like pop smoke and i like pop smoke but it's like light skin like why she gotta be light skin why she just gotta be a black girl (laughs) that same thing with lil wayne uh remember that line that he had um he said that bitch look better light yes talking about that beautiful huh little wayne Lil Wayne, yeah. Yep. He and does I'm that too. I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Y'all ever date Lil Wayne? If you no. Saw- no, but he was my favorite rapper all through. He's a lot of people's, our generations, you know. Yeah. Now, Chris Brown. Favorite. But Chris I like his music. Asians. He like Asians and Black, black Asians. Like, it's, yeah. his, he, I mean, he has a specific type. So yeah. as far as with colorism, is it a preference? Like my preference ready. Uh-huh. But I married. So that's my preference. So we do that. Like we're gonna go back to how it's affecting love life. So that was one of our questions. So if when I go out with Ivy, the guys are choosing Ivy over me every time. And I have I go out with a lighter skin. I mean, it could be your preference, but it's still like a thing within colorism as well. Like why are dark-skinned men so attracted to the light-skinned girl thinking it's better or like you said that your kids are going to come out with a better complexion i think that is really still a thing and we're in i don't i don't think that i don't think that's across the board true because i'm i'm dark-skinned but most of my most of my ex-girlfriends are dark-skinned like most of them i'm talking about even like nigerian black so I mean, for the most part, it's it's not like across the board as far as like the preference. I just want a light skin girl, but I don't have a preference. You know what I'm saying? I could truly say I don't have a preference because I find that there's you know beauty in a lot of different people, a lot of different flaws that you know like little gaps or something like that or freckles. These things that people might think are flaws, I'd be like, man, that's actually that's 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 cute. That's that's real pretty. But like I don't have a like a Man, I'm not talking to her because she's light skinned. I'm not talking to her because she's dark skinned. 
I mean, probably because I, I grew up with a lot of different colors around me. Yeah, I think um, it should be across every black person, but it's not that exactly. way. I think living in Houston, um, one thing I've noticed, even though I think Houston is the city where single people remain single because of the makeup of uh, what we have going on, lots of successful black professionals here. But one thing I definitely appreciate, and it has opened my eyes, is that the men here don't necessarily showcase a preference in regards to complexion. And I've met so many men that have no preference, but if they do, they always say they prefer chocolate, chocolate women, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a thing, you know, and I've seen- They have more density in their butt. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stereotype. That's a stereotype, <laughs> but- <laughs> from experience it's just more, more. Well, <laughs> the, I've seen that the more educated uh, the wait. men are the less ignorant <laughs> their preference is right. so I, can, I definitely notice that more educated the black men are the less ignorant their preference is mm. they just go after right. who they're attracted to they're, they're more attracted to body and you know so mm. Point. I like it. You yeah. feel like um, I like Houston so much. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, you ain't gonna find a man to settle down with in Houston, but you'll find lots of men that will appreciate you. Appreciate you. Got you. I and a whole like, bunch of other women too at the same time. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. Y'all feel like they marry or date um like for acceptance for the acceptance that they yearn like. Like a darker skinned guy or a dark skinned girl may marry somebody light skinned or vice versa just to kind of get that acceptance? No, I don't think so. Well, not from my experience. Because, mm -hmm. like I said before, I bring a lot to the table. Right. I mean, that was instilled in me since the beginning. I, right. I'm a language pathologist, I have my master's degree, I don't have any children. So it's not like I'm just out here without anything so right. i i necessarily just think i think that the person that i'm with really genuinely saw me for who i was loved my personality um loved what i brought to the table and the same thing for him as well we don't have any like we can grow together and i think whoever that person is god will reveal that person to them period so i don't necessarily think i think sometimes do men do let a good woman pass them by just in passing just because she's not their color complexion exactly. so i think that may have some thing to do with it but like i said it can it can be a preference thing right i'm not i don't necessarily would say that i have an open preference but my preference is i kind of like darker skinned men and mm -hmm. that's something that i like but they're black they're not white so that's when, my preference. when it comes to marriage and i'm not married at all but when it comes to marriage and since I feel like marriage is ordained by God, just mm -hmm. I feel like he's going to give you what you want. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, like, if you have a preference on dark-skinned men, he gave you what you wanted. Because he, he obviously wants you to be able to be satisfied with what you're looking at for the rest of your life. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that had a, had a role in it if you just kind of manifested it mentally but didn't even realize that you was manifesting it. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to put your, you know, the twinkle in your eye towards something that you just don't 
find attractive. Um, but I'm not married. But I think that's what God will do if I find if when or when I find my wife, He's gonna put something that I'm gonna enjoy looking at. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's when you seek Him first. <laughs> There's a lot of people out here that marry just for money. I, I don't know how they do that shit, but maybe I have with some boogle wolves and <laughs> say they in love. So I mean, to each his own. <laughs> yeah. That's not everybody's case, but yeah, I see where you're going with that. <laughs> I, 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 I prefer chocolate also, but I have dated all, I've dated every race. Actually, actually I've dated Indian, I've dated Ch- Asian, I've dated white. Um, and of course black and but my heart goes to a black man you know and I hate I don't I don't mean to sound racist and I hope it's not like a racial slur I just want my kids to look like me not to say that if I had conceived with an opposite race I my kids wouldn't look like me but I just love black and I love melanin I love pigment in skin my little sister she's light you know and she tans because she wants to be darker and she used to get made fun of because she would use go into the makeup aisle and find the darkest foundation to put on because she wanted to be darker like how often do you see that you know but we just love black and blackness not to say that lighter skinned men aren't black but I just love pigment I think it's beautiful there's a beauty to it and so my ex-boyfriend of three years, he's like my complexion, you know, and his preference was darker women. And so in me, I always felt a little insecure because I wasn't anywhere darker, as dark as the, his previous girlfriends. And so whenever we had issues, I was always in my head, I'm like, if I was darker, would you be treating me like that type of situation? So we, yeah, really. So I think a lot of it is within ourselves and a, it comes down to self-love and so forth. But for me, it's just the preference. It's the best love. It's the best love. Yes, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So are y'all offended like by nicknames that's made due to like your skin tone, like red yes. bone? Yes. Do you correct them? Yes. So what have you See, been called? Like when in Florida, like I said, it's a lot of ignorance. And um, in Florida, I was considered dark, very dark. Um, but then there are other people that would call me red bone. I think I'm brown, you know, I don't know. There's so many different, um, I like the nice names like caramel tone and, you know, mahogany, those beautiful chestnut, like, you know, like those nice descriptions or, and stuff. But I know that my mom growing up, she even within the family, they would call her, her name's Carmel, and they would call her, um, um, gosh, I'm having a huge brain fart. It had something to do with yellow. Mm. But yeah, I don't like, I don't like those types of red bone and yellow. I mean, I guess it describes the undertone of your skin complexion, but I like the rich names, butterscotch and <laughs> if I had no butterscotch in a way. Look, I even put it in a note. I must tell you what I heard something, and I just I, it was pecan caramel golden oak. I like those I like descriptive, it. you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sometimes you got to kind of humor. Like 
Well, somebody called you, man, little black ass boy. I'm like, I'm not black. I'm mahogany or something like that. Yeah, I, mahogany, I, I've done mahogany. that. You kind of got to play it off. But at the end of the day, like, man, what's wrong with my blackness, yo? You know what I'm saying? Nothing, like, yeah. I'm, I'm like that. Was that yeah. something in your childhood that y'all heard those uh, nicknames? Or even in your adulthood, like, you're still hearing that? Well, my, I don't hear it in my adulthood. Oh, mine were given to me by family members because they were of darker tone. And I think I was, like, the lightest one yeah because I, I think i'm lighter than my sister as well but they would say like glowworm like uh-huh. <laughs> they would especially call me glowworm though like you remember the little glowworm yeah glowworm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so they would call me glowworm light bright light bright wasn't too bad though but glowworm was like the one i hated the most and then when i got older it was kind of offensive to me. They were calling me Michael Jackson. And I'm just Aww. like, wait, what? Oh, Michael <laughs> Jackson, light-skinned black person. <laughs> He's the only light-skinned black person that they knew. That I mean, yeah, they would just say, Michael Jackson, here come Michael Jackson. I'm like, Ooh. Jackson. Yeah. And Michael Jackson is another indicator of not having self-love because mm-hmm. you were born with him yeah. or dad, call you big nose. Yes, not Michael Jackson. Eighties, like so gorgeous, and I mean, my first crush. He was beautiful, beautiful. But he had a he had a skin disease. He wanted to even out. No, please stop. No, he did not. It was bleach. So you saying that wasn't a skin disease? What's the skin disease where you where you? It's vitiligo, first of all. And I know many black people with vitiligo that don't change their complexion towards white to even it out. They put makeup to match their real complexion to hide okay. it. Mm. Okay, but I, I just he thought he was trying himself. to even out his skin. Okay. He was really he... bad though. And then he has self issues, period. Mm-hmm. It really was manifested in him. And it's like, okay, yeah. I have a skin disease, so let me just bleach my whole skin. But then his nose, like, yeah. His nose, his lips. But think about the children he brought into the world. Like, he still is Black. And if he conceived children of his own, then they would have still been Black. But he made sure that he took on white children. He had a deep-rooted self-hatred. Yeah. And that was given to him by his father. Because I don't... Exactly. She has no indicator about herself that just, I feel like she loved him in the best way that she could. Like she mm-hmm. really did love him and really probably tried to teach him that he was beautiful no matter yeah. what. I mean, Joe, if Joe, now I know kind of off the subject, but Joe made Michael Jackson who Michael Jackson is. Oh yeah. However, as far as that's very important for your child to know that they are beautiful. Yes. Very, very important. Amen. Very important. Amen. How can you teach your, your child self-love? So right. I feel like sometimes we really have to take root. Sometimes we really have to enjoy being like, I love my skin. Mm-hmm. Me too. I love my skin. I love me. There's nobody on this earth like me. And I want to instill that in my children. Period. I said I said that in my nieces, my nephew that's about to be born. Like I want my children. I want all of my kids. I work with kids, and I have I tell them this all the time. You are beautiful. You are smart. You are bright. I don't care what nobody else says. You are this. Period. 
and you have to talk to yourself every single day. And I just really hope that this podcast reaches people to, okay, my, my friends, I have all different shades of friends and I always let them know how beautiful they are, period. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we need to be more sisterly like. Yes. 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 That's be more sisterly like. Have, have you you say you're black power this black power that all black lives but still you are not sisterly we have to all this needs to end yeah. and i'm quite frankly, quite tired of it the black like, males, so now, tired of it black males are the ones out here still killing each other and we're dealing with this racism stuff and out mm-hmm. here protesting and marching and everything but every day it's a new black shooting on the t- damn news channel here in atlanta like and i'm sure other places as well but it's like when is that going to end? So it's like, they don't take us serious when we say Black Lives Matter because y'all still out here shooting and killing each other over petty. Right. Like, that goes back to, that's a, it's a circle. It goes it's back. A cool circle. It's a, it, goes, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And it's like, what can we do? It's yeah. our circle. Right. Because I like the question that my co-host put on here. Let's discuss some solutions. Like, is there a solution to colorism? Or do we have to just deal with it? Like, is, do you feel like it's ever going to change? What can we do to actually heal society and what we're going through? Make every sixth, seventh, eighth grader, middle schooler, read the Willie Lynch letters. Ask them, how does that make you feel? Ask them. I like that. You know, instead of, instead of putting that history book on who won the wars type thing, Put it on the people, put that in the history books because they need to know. Because if you don't know your history, you're going to destined to keep on recreating it. You know what I'm saying? So there'll never be a solution until you know exactly who mind fucked us early. You know what I'm saying? And why do you, why are you in this neighborhood? Why are you, you know, treated this way? Because they are trying to control your mind and catch them when they're young. Because mm-hmm. like by the time they're 18, 19, 20, 21, they don't have to read. Right. They don't have nobody telling you to go to class when you have no, you know, you just pretty much free at that point. You don't care. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't really want to do anything after I got out of class. Like after I got out of school, right. make them do it when they're in, in the early stages. That's why we have to make sure that we push our agenda because there's no political party that's really for us. Right. Not at all. We have to push our agenda and start at the house but we have to get some men back in the house. We have to make sure that we have a strong unit. That whole circle that she was speaking of, this full circle, we have to figure out where it started from and then push our agenda. But, but until then, like, we just don't be keep on fighting a fight that really doesn't have a solution because everybody doesn't know the solution. Everybody ain't on the same page. Everybody don't know that we mind fucked. They might just be going through life thinking that this is okay because that's how it is. And yeah. that's all I see. It's not okay. So start young. Cap- yeah, capture these sure. minds. You know, talk to talk to kids that look like they ain't got nobody to talk to. See them on the street and be like, oh, damn, man, that kid just be out here playing. I don't see, never see their parents. Say something. Yeah. Plant those seeds. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Tell them that they're beautiful. Tell them that they're, they're, they are somebody. Tell them that they, you know, if they work hard, they can have whatever they want to. You know what I'm saying? Those type of things, and it's like you just gotta start young, and mm-hmm. and and get get it in, get them the information. That Willie Lynch letter is a motherfucker. I'm sorry for cussing so much. 
that, but, but, but that, that, that will list letter is something serious to the point where like it literally says you can have control over people for over 300 years it literally says it in there it literally says that you are going to put an old black man versus the young black man, a light-skinned version person over the dark skin. It literally says this stuff in there, and it's like, dang, they, they plotted against me from the beginning. 1712. Wow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, this, this, this is something that they've been programming. If you, if you don't know that, then you'd be like, uh, da, 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 living through life, whatever. Uh, you light-skinned. Uh, you dark-skinned. <laughs> uh, you think it's a game? No, it's not a game, bro. Like, yeah. we all on the same team. We all got mind fucked. We all got taken away from somewhere. All of us. You know what I mean? love so. that, Great one. What else? I think I totally agree. It's about education. I think it's so innate and for people to separate themselves, you, uh, make that makes them feel different and better than the other. And if it's not our skin, then it's our hair type and so forth, you know? And I think it all comes down to starting young and you know having your children embrace themselves and be rich in their history and understand their empowerment and their capability i'm all for education since i work in the schools and i like i work with elementary school kids and i work with middle school as well but with the school, there's only so much education can do, or there's only so much a teacher can do. It's like teachers work so hard. They get little pay. You have children with behaviors. You have children with traumatic experiences, which could be secondary to those behaviors because they've had traumatic experiences. And I work in a mostly Black community. And so when you're trying to help or you're trying to make the family more involved that's difficult because hey mom is the only one that's working and she's working 12-hour shifts dad is not home who knows where he is mom may have two or three more kids that are younger you know come to school it's so many dynamics and it's like yeah. how, do, how first off what is the biggest problem how can that what is the solution to that problem or do we start small and say, hey, yes, everybody does deserve an education, but a lot of these kids now that are in third grade are still reading on a pre-K level. Yep. They're not interested in school because guess what? They cannot read. So, well, and then education starts at home, yeah. at home. And but when you have these families um, that aren't as educated themselves, not just um, book smart, but just worldly, mm -hmm. you know, and other ish societal issues, so I think someone had said it earlier, it's a cycle, you know, and that child is going to come up in the same way that parent came up. So what is being taught in that home? What is being bettered for this child at home? You know, so there are community programs who can build up the family. I think the family is the most important institution in the world because everything starts at home first but you have these broken families and parents who aren't capable of instilling these values in their children because it wasn't instilled in them right. so then it, it, i hate to say that they're it's like you were saying that it's so dimensional you know it's it's multi-dimensional and it's hard to um it's hard to address and where do we start
like you said, do we start small? Like the release of power, the the yeah. removal, the removal of the powers that be. It's like, okay, the people who have control are pretty much making the rules. But if we get to a point where we can make our own rules, I mean, I, I hate to say segregation, um, but being segregated keeps us whole. It's going to keep us more empowered. It's like when we started trying to be more a part of what the white people had going on, that's when we started feeling, because there was a black Wall Street at one point in time. Right. There was, you know, we had our own neighborhoods. We had our own farms. We had our own stuff. We might have got it, got it from sharecropping, but at, at one point in time, we had enough land and suffice as black people. We have our own neighborhoods. But when we start trying to gentrify or get into these white neighborhoods because these white neighborhoods are better, it's like, okay, you want to be a part of our plan and our program. This is what the rules are for our plan and our program. This is what we're going to teach your kids. This is what we're going to say is going on because you wanted to be in this private school with us. You wanted to be a part of this, you know, this, co this college. But if we had our own we did our own. We grew our own. That's it's like, man, we don't even gotta be a part of y'all. I don't care. I don't have to vote for what you had. Them Indian reservations that are functioning on their own, they don't really have the same rules that everybody has. We're over here trying to still be a part of some shit that ain't even for us. Mm. It's it's like, okay, like go vote. All right. Go vote. Who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna yeah, vote. I don't need to go vote. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna vote. We're gonna vote. Because I mean, for the most part, that that leader, that head of us, that that ain't even for us, you know, it matters. You have to do it, but it's still not our own. If we get into a place where we could push our own agenda, you know what I'm saying? Then we can get into a better place. And this is sorry, we got here put on the boat. You know what I'm saying? My thing, my five-year plan. I'm going back to Africa. I don't care what y'all say. My five-year plan. I'm getting the hell up out this shit because it's fucked. Every great empire falls. Rome fell. Greece fell. Mm -hmm. Shit, China had had a fall, but they're going to be up next again. But you know what I'm saying? Create our own empire. Yep. Like, like really take it back to the motherland. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say, um, I, completely, I, I completely agree with everything you're saying. But like, like all of y'all are saying, like it definitely starts at home because I pretty much, my father, as long as I've been alive, my father's been an entrepreneur. So I was, I, I was built around, you know, professionalism, um, middle class, having his own money, setting his own hours. My mom sent me to um, white schools to get a better education. Cause I'm not even gonna lie, the education level where I was sent to was way better. Yeah. Um, and it prepared me for it prepared me for life in a whole another aspect because when I graduated from high school and I went to TSU, I was like, wait, I learned this already in high school. Yeah. But so, but um, but at home was where my mom instilled in me everything else as far as like my black roots and and my father instilled in me how to be a black man and and how to take care of things and how to take care of bills and finances. And, and credit scores like he really taught me a lot so I think that it just takes I think once you have that foundation at home anything else outside of you will just add to you thanks but you had dad yeah you know what I'm saying you had dad 
everybody ain't got dad. That's you know true. what I'm saying? Everybody ain't got mom and stuff like that actually saying, hey, this is what's going on. Right. You know what I'm saying? But they lock us up, take the men out the house. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Teach us what they want to teach us. You know, give give respect to the dollar versus actual passions of your life. Exactly. You know, that type of stuff. It's like, take the powers that be out of the out of the equation. The people who have the power that shouldn't have the power. And it's like, oh, now this is peace. Now this is love. This is, this is like, you know, a euphoric place to be when you take away the power. Take away the power. Change the power. Change the tables. Which is happening eventually. But I think we're getting better. Kind of. By recognizing it. Is it over? Pretty much, we getting close to the end. Let's keep talking about this black love. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so let's let's definitely go there. I guess that'd be a good good way of ending everything. Like, um, so who do you feel like is responsible for healing um, colorism? What they said it starts at home. So with your parents, and it sucks because I feel like okay, the people that we're talking about, like for now, like so you have kids already but they have this young mindset of like just kind of uneducated i would say um but just making dumb choices and uh even so like with all of the domestic violence uh, as far as like the black men killing the black women in their own lives like it's, it's a lot of we need help it's, it's a, yeah it's a lot of mental stuff it's a lot yeah. of people that needs to start and it may be too late for that generation, though. So that sucks. But it's like, we do need to start somewhere and get this instilled. And I like, love everything that B-Nix was saying, like, what we should do. And right. then we need to go back to that, so. Yeah, I know growing up, I grew up, like, in old school, like, um, environment. So I wasn't raised by my parents, mostly my grandparents, and they were married until my grandfather passed away, like 60-something years. So I probably saw them kiss maybe two or three times. They, they weren't really that affectionate. And I think that's something also is important for whoever, whomever, to get, especially with your children, see daddy loving on mama they need to see mom loving on dad all of those types of things mm. are important yep. to let them know this is what love represents my mm-hmm. mom is that my, my mom is black you know daddy's black he's loving on mom mom is loving on him mm-hmm. you know it's important that shouldn't be something that's hidden from your from your children mm-hmm. they need to see that because guess what when you're growing up in an environment you really try to copy what you see especially yeah. So I think that's important too. And really, I, just, I think it's important to love everybody. But at the same time, I definitely think, I heard this from, um, I think, Carrie Washington. She said that she was going to not teach her children as, as far as like starting with slavery. She was going to teach them as far as Black people, we're really, you know, queens and kings. Like we come from Egypt. Mm-hmm. We really don't know all of our history. Mm. So that's something that I feel like we need to, you know, devour ourselves in is knowing our history. A lot of kids now, they don't care because they can't connect with it. They don't care if 
John Lewis was on the Selma Bridge and got his head knocked off because he's trying to really, he's trying to, to, to do civil rights or he's trying to get to vote. Now people don't even want to vote. So, I mean, it's all of that stuff. Like we as a community, we still have a lot of deep healing. We haven't even scratched the surface. Nope. I love what you said about that, Michelle. Like a lot. Like um, like you said, like that. Um, man, that um, a lot of the the information that our kids are being fed is more so just all about slavery. That's it. Like Black History Month, they talk about freedom from slavery and Martin Luther King, but it's and it's so much more. Like it's so much more history that they really can be taught and that they really can be fed mm-hmm. and that can give them encouragement that can, you know what I'm saying, inspire them. I, I love that. I don't mean to sound so militant about it, but the people who win the war control the history. Mm-hmm. Um, we are definitely at a mental war right now. We're definitely at a physical war right now. Um, we're still in a civil, a real life civil war in America. Um, unfortunately, like peace hasn't been successful for us. Um, so, I mean, revolutions will be televised, but, but for the most part, it's going to get physical. You better be armed and you better be physically ready because if it hits your doorstep, you want to be ready. You want to survive. Um, so. Like we still at war, y'all, and that, and it, and I hate to say it, it's it's really not safe for black people out here. It's not safe for anybody out here, but for the most part, us, it's not safe for us. So I mean, like we're at war. We have to be mentally prepared because it's a mental war that they fucked us since seventeen hundreds. And yeah, you just got to be prepared. That's the only thing that we can do is be prepared and know who's who's the who is presenting the threat and where the threat is coming from i love it y'all so yeah um i want to end it on everybody make sure they go vote yes here bring your friends and your family members with you to the voting polls and actually get those votes in so spread the word be sure you're bringing somebody with you a group of people with you do it together like we really got to get especially the young crowd we need everybody to go out and vote who's registered um and be safe, because I feel like that week is definitely going to be a crazy, violent week, no matter who. Um, Stand by, like that—that's serious. Like they, all the racists—they're all about to come out. The rednecks, everybody. So everybody, make sure they be safe. Um, I would say to vote early, more so than on the actual day. Um, I believe some states are open now for uh, early voting, but. Be sure to Google. Google is your friend. So find that information out. Find out where you need to go to actually do that voting and make sure you have everything that you need when you go vote. Um, They'll give you that list as well. But I want to thank everybody for joining today and listening. This is a great topic. Oh, my gosh. Like, we really touched on some things. I hope that people, you know, walk away with something. To And we all just got to make a little change daily, you know, within our own households, basically. So that's what it is. I feel like it's going to be, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. Yeah, it's wonderful. You know I love topics. Like, <laughs> yes, I want to thank Michelle. Hello, because she brought this topic to me and really wanted to touch on this. So thank you for that, girl. Yep, yep. Now, give me our one of the freaky shows. No problem. <laughs> I'm always here for my people. <laughs> 
Give me y'all one of the freaky ones. Be next time for one of freaky topics. <laughs> I will be in touch with you, honey. <laughs> that was hilarious. All right, y'all. Until next time, enjoy your, your day today. I don't want to say what day it is. <laughs> but yes, y'all. <laughs> Tune in to the next episode. Bye. Peace out. Face down as a Waiting for me I'ma show you pretty ass That you'll never see Don't be scared, let your head down Give your body all it needs, yeah How we make love on Take the street To Pluto We're finessing like Bruno Give you this love that you want Make it last all night Cause you know Cause you know It's gonna be a fun ride Now we're here Take over Show me how bad you wanna Give me that love that I want Gotta keep me craving it all night long